Today on the Girl Defined Show, I'm opening up about some really hard things that have been going on in my life over the past year. And, you know, it's been crazy because Kristen and I wrote this book, Not Part of the Plan, Trusting God with the Twists and Turns of Your Story. And after we had written it, but it was in the process of, you know, being released, this is when all of those hard things started to happen for me. Um, some of you may have seen on my personal Instagram account at bethany.beal, I um, posted a little video sharing about it for the first time ever. Um about Dave and I going through three back-to-back-to-back miscarriages and just the shock um, that that was and um, just what that, you know, did to our future and how, you know, how we're doing today. Um, So I am going to take a deep dive on that whole story here. It's just the perfect fit with, (laughs) you know, talking about trusting God and talking about how so often in life things do not go according to our plan. And I promise you that having three miscarriages in a row um, is definitely not something I ever wanted, ever hoped for, or ever thought would be a part of my story. And, you know, having no idea what the future holds, but a deep desire to have more children and to give Davy more siblings. Um, So that's where we're going today. And I just hope that you are encouraged as I share my own heartbreak, but also how I found hope in the Lord through it all. Hey, sisterhood, it's Bethany here. And this was not a part of the plan for the um, episodes that we've been releasing, but I felt that... It was just time for me to open up and share my story and share what's been going on over the past year. Um, just so that you can just know, like, life doesn't stop with the hardships. Often we hear about stories of people in the past and what's been going on in the past. And we're like, wow, cool that you were able to handle that trial. But what about right now? Um, and so I just want to open up and share a little bit about the three miscarriages that um, my husband Dave and I have gone through over this past year and just what, you know, the future looks like as far as now having doctor's visits and tons of blood draws and things like that, that I just never anticipated. And you may be feeling like, wait, didn't you? I feel like you've shared this story before. I've heard this. This is not to be confused with my sister, Kristen, who co-hosts this podcast with me. You may be thinking our story sounds similar at this point. And um, they do in different ways. Uh, Kristen has shared um, extensively about her just heartbreak and loss of her own three back-to-back-to-back miscarriages over the course of years, um, a diagnosis of unexplained infertility, and then ultimately God, God leading her and her husband's act to adopt two precious boys who have been with their family for now a year and my sweet nephews. Um, and so Kristen has shared a lot about just God's faithfulness um, throughout that whole journey, the journey they're still on, you know, still hoping to have biological children one day. So that's Kristen's story. And her and I never really imagined that I would now be facing my own, you know, three miscarriages and unknown future of what's to come as well. So that's why our stories sound very similar, because we've both had different experiences with pregnancy and fertility losses and just unexplained issues. Um, So yeah, we didn't really set out either of us to be like, oh, we're going to be the ones that talk about miscarriage and loss and pregnancy and fertility. But you know, it's just the story God has for each of us in different and unique ways. And I will say that it's been, um, you know, not in a positive way, but a um, helpful way. Uh, Kristen, through her own loss, has been able to be a blessing to me in giving me direction on which doctors to start seeing um, and just how to navigate, how to find answers for my own life and my own three, um, you know, pregnancy losses. And so that's been very kind of her to um, step in and give me some direction because I have no idea what to do or where to go or how to find answers and help. So 
I'm just grateful that she's willing to use her own suffering to encourage and bless others. Um, so we are in the middle of a book study, not part of the plan, trusting God with the twists and turns of your story. And this story ties in so perfectly with the theme, trusting God with the twists and turns of your story. If you want to join for free, if you want to get our free study guide for this book club, just go to girldefined.com slash book club girldefined.com slash book club, or just to go directly to the book, go to girldefined.com slash trust, girldefined.com slash trust. And I'm just encouraged that you're here. I'm encouraged that you're listening. Um, And I just hope that this current story of mine, something that's going on in my life right now, helps you to know, like, these aren't just words we're speaking. When we talk about trusting God, when we're talking about, you know, having our mind stayed on Him, when we talk about living each day for God's glory, um, you know, mourning your own losses, but celebrating with others, um, those are things that are happening right now in our life. You write a book, like Krista and I wrote that book, not part of the plan. And it's just a glimpse over a certain period of time, but we have no idea what the future holds. And so we have to believe those truths that we're sharing with you in that book for ourselves, because we know, just like we say in not part of the plan, you know, that many of us have trials in the past we faced, we have trials we're currently going through, or we have trials that are to come. And, you know, when I wrote not part of the plan, I was in a season where it didn't feel like there were a lot of trials in my life at that moment. I was able to look back and say, here are the trials I've been through but I don't feel like I'm walking through a trial right now. Honestly, life felt pretty good. I had, you know, I've had a baby, a very healthy, I had a very healthy pregnancy. Um, I got pregnant like six or seven months after Dave and I got married. The pregnancy was absolutely smooth, completely, you know, amazing. I had a home birth. Um, it was just incredible. And I eventually healed, you know, all of the things. Um, so I have, I have a sweet, sweet voice. When I was writing this book, I'm writing in, I was writing from a season of what felt like abundance and joy and just like, here's what I've learned, but I'm in a season where I just, I'm feeling good, you know? And I had no idea that when I finished writing that book and we turned it in and everything got approved and it started going into the process of getting, you know, um, finalized and in bookstores, all of that, I had no idea that I would go into a trial that was hard and heartbreaking and devastating and just something I never wanted for my life. So I encourage you to read Not Part of the Plan, Trusting God with the Twists and Turns of Your Story, because if you've been in a trial, you are in a trial, or you're going to go through a trial in the future, you want to have scripture, you want to have truth to hold on to. And I'm telling you, everything I wrote in Not Part of the Plan is literally what's equipping me for the trials that I'm going through right now. So go to girldefined.com slash trust, or just go to any major bookseller and you'll be able to find it. Okay, so here I am. I'm 33 years old. Most of y'all know my story. And if you don't, I encourage you just go look at the previous episodes. I've shared my whole love story. I've shared just tons of stuff about, um, you know, life and love and romance and babies and all those wonderful things. So I got married at 30 to my amazing husband, Dave. Um, that's a super fun story in and of itself. We talked about that a little bit on last week's episode, um, my unexpected path toward marriage. So I really encourage you to listen to that. Um, so that's that's where my love story is at in that whole episode, the, the previous episode. Um, but right now, uh, you know, I got married at 30 and then Dave and I got pregnant about six, seven months later and Davey Jr. entered the scene in 2020. And it's just been beautiful and sweet <laughs> for about the first year of his life. Um so when Davey was about a year old, I was really starting to feel like, you know, I am ready. Like, I am really ready to have another one. You know, I got married at 30, so I started having children, you know, later. And I was like, I just, you know, I would love to have many. <laughs> like, it would be awesome if I could have like four or five. Um, 
but you know, like we got to get going. I'm not getting any younger. So Dave and I both felt very ready after Davey was about a year old. We were like, yeah, like I, you know, let's start praying about this and just, you know, pray that God would bless us with another one because we both feel like this would be an awesome time. And so what seemed like perfect timing, um, uh, maybe a month or two after Davy's birthday, I got a positive pregnancy test. And when you see that line, like if you are married or if you have seen a positive pregnancy test or you can imagine what that would be like, you immediately go to your future. As much as you know, like this is only the beginning um, and, you know, the first 12 weeks are kind of like, okay, got to feel like you got to get past that. Um there's just nothing that can take away that feeling of like, I am pregnant. Even if it's just the very, very beginning, like I am pregnant and this, you know, here is the due date and I'm excited, you know, and there's just nothing like seeing those double lines on a pregnancy test or getting a test that says pregnant. So I got that and I was so, so, so excited. But also, I guess I was truly a little hesitant because I know that miscarriage is common. I have many friends who've had miscarriages. My mom's had miscarriages. Kristen has miscarriages. It's, you know, very common for women at some point to have a miscarriage. And so it was just like, okay, it's still like the very, very beginning. We just found out. So I do want to be a little cautious. I don't know why I thought that or felt that, but I, I did. I did think that. So Dave and I, we were like, okay, we're celebrating, but let's just still like wait a little bit. And sadly, it was only, you know, about a week later, so very, very early that um, I realized I was going through a miscarriage. And even though it was so early, like I said, when you see those positive lines, um, the heartbreak and devastation that comes, even if it's so early, is just immense. And I think that there is, you know, there's just, it's just so hard. It's just so hard. And if you haven't been through it, it's hard to explain, but I just encourage you to offer so much grace and compassion and love and grieve with those who, even if it's a very, very early pregnancy uh, test, to grieve with them because it's hard. Um, so never diminish or downplay um, a woman miscarrying, even if it's very early. So that was hard for me, Dave and I. We realized, okay, wow, that actually happened. Like We talked about a miscarriage happening because we know that's statistically possible, but it happened to us. Um, okay, so I I grieved, and Dave and I talked a lot about it. We prayed, um, and I just started doing research, like um, you know, dealing with miscarriage. And a lot of what I read, people were saying, you know, it's very common for women to have one miscarriage, um, and something that can help women really um, remain hopeful is to once they're healed, to um, just stay hopeful and to start trying for another pregnancy pretty quickly. And that advice just kind of resonated with me because I was like, yeah, maybe this is just like a one-off situation and we'll be able to get pregnant again quick and it'll all be okay. And so I tried to remain hopeful with the thought that, you know, it could happen again for us. And it had only been one miscarriage. So I was like, maybe it's just like a fluke situation. So we, you know, we really strive to just, I guess, trust God. Um, you know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 has been such an anchor for me. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And so I really leaned on that and just trusted that God is good. Even when my circumstances don't feel good, even when I don't feel good, God is still good. And he is carrying me. He's carrying that sweet baby that I lost. He's carrying Dave. And he has a plan for me and I can trust him and I can, I can live for him right where I'm at while still mourning and grieving what I've lost. So that's kind of what that season looked like. It was hard, but I will say that, um, it wasn't, 
it was like it got harder because of what was to come. Um, I think the first one I had a lot of hope still. I think I still felt like, okay, this isn't um this isn't the end. This isn't like we don't necessarily know that we have a problem. Like this could be it could just be a one-off situation. So a few more months go by and, you know, no pregnancy, no pregnancy, but I'm like, okay, that's normal. You know, like, it, you know, body's got to heal hormones, all of that. So it could take a few months. And then a few months later, I get another positive pregnancy test. And like I said, when you see that positive, there is just nothing in the world like it. And so the crazy part of the story is that my sister, Alyssa, who had been recently married, she had found out two weeks before this pregnancy test that I had that she was pregnant as well with her first baby. So she had texted me like, oh my goodness, I think I got a positive pregnancy test. Do you see the lines? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I see the lines. So when I found out I was pregnant two weeks later, I texted her a picture as well. And like, you're not going to believe it. Like, that means our babies are literally going to be due around the same time. I was trying to stay hopeful. I just felt like, you know, statistically speaking, having one miscarriage is common, but having two back-to-back is pretty rare. And having three or more back-to-back is like less than 1%, you know? So I just thought, I felt a lot more hopeful because I thought this is like pretty rare for someone to go through more than one miscarriage, like, you know, back-to-back. It's just more rare. Like, obviously it happens, but it's more rare. So I think I just felt more hope. So Alyssa and I are celebrating, and honestly, everything seemed great. Then, you know, weeks went by, week after week. Um, you know, of course, I'm checking the pregnancy test. Everything seems good. The line's like getting really dark. And I'm just feeling like, wow, this is actually happening. Like, we had a miscarriage, but our, you know, like that was just one off situation. Here we go. So, I hit the six-week mark. I hit the eight-week mark. Alyssa and I are just like two weeks apart in our pregnancy, so we're having a lot of similar symptoms and feeling similar, talking about everything. The progress is just super, super fun. And I I had all of the symptoms. I remember all... It felt so similar to when I was pregnant with Davey. Just, um, you know, all of the morning sickness and just that. I always get like that weird taste in my mouth. Don't feel like coffee. Just all of those things that for me are like typical pregnancy symptoms. And so you know, I hit the eight-week mark. I hit the 10-week mark. I hit the 11-week mark. And I'm like, okay, we are almost to 12 weeks. We are almost past this first trimester. Like, I think we're in the safe zone. So I was really, really um, hopeful and feeling like we were pretty good to go. Like, if there was something wrong, I would have known about it. And because I am, you know, am a low-risk pregnancy and was planning to do home birth again, oftentimes um, you don't see your provider until the 12-week mark anyway. So I had communicated with my midwife and we were planning to touch base at 12 weeks and and do all of the things, but everything seemed 100% okay. So I just didn't feel the need to see her or anyone else sooner. Um, some of you may be thinking like, wow, that's a long time. But even when I started out seeing um, nurse midwives in a hospital with Davey, because um, we kind of started out thinking we we're going to have a hospital birth, they, when I called them, they were like, yep, we'll see you at 12 weeks. <laughs> they wouldn't even see me before 12 weeks. So it's pretty common um, that, you know, people won't see you before the 12-week mark. And so um, I... I'm like, wow, we're almost to 12 weeks. So we were going to hit the 12-week mark basically directly on my 33rd birthday. So it's a huge milestone for me. I'm going to celebrate my birthday and we're going to hit the 12-week mark. We're going to get our first appointment. It's going to be amazing. And then a few days after that, we were planning to and had our tickets and were fully scheduled to go to Ukraine, which (laughs) sounds crazy now with everything that's going on. But this was in September of 2021. Um, So we were planning to go to Ukraine to visit my sister, Alyssa, who lives there, lived there with her husband, Andre. Andre is Ukrainian, was born and raised and is now a missionary to his own people. And Alyssa met him and married him 
So, you know, Dave and Davy and I were had been planning for like a year a trip to go and visit her so that we could see her house and just her new homeland, um, see Ukraine, see Kiev, see um, everything over there so that we could kind of have like, uh, like be able to visualize it and just better understand what her life looked like in Ukraine. And so it's going to be such a fun time because Alyssa and I would be pregnant together, both about, you know, her about 14 weeks, me about 12 weeks, and it was just going to be such a beautiful, fun trip. So the day before my birthday... I use the restroom and I see some light spotting. And I know that can happen in pregnancy, but I'm like, I'm almost 12 weeks. And I'm just like, what? Like, why? Like, I literally was just like, you've got to be kidding. Like, what is this? But it was so incredibly light and it didn't really progress. So I was like, okay, maybe it's nothing. So I call my midwife. I call um, another lady that, you know, deals with pregnancy and stuff. And we're talking about it. Both of them are saying like, okay, there's no cramping. There's no other signs. Like we talked through everything. They're like, okay, you know, we're guessing it's probably nothing, but you know, why don't you go get an ultrasound just to be safe? And I'm like, yeah, for sure. So I'm at this point, literally just like so stressed, freaking out. I cannot do anything until I get this ultrasound because I'm just like out of my mind, just so worried, so concerned, just like I'm, I'm almost 12 weeks. Like, that there can't be a problem. Like I'm literally almost 12 weeks. Like this just can't be a problem. And so I was able to get an ultrasound like literally so quickly. I found a place that, you know, wasn't like a normal place I would go to, but super high ratings and really, really great. And so they were able to get me in super quick. And so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go because I'm going to lose my mind if I have to wait any longer to go anywhere. So it was, I don't even remember, you know, it was like an early morning and um, I wanted Dave to come with me, but we couldn't find someone quick enough to watch Davey. So we're just like, we're all going. So Dave, Davey, and I go to this, you know, to get the ultrasound. And as she starts looking around, she is, I can see on the screen. And I'm like, we're looking and looking and looking. And there's no baby. And we are like, oh, she's like, okay, let me push a little harder. Let me look more. So she's like not saying anything right away, but I've seen an ultrasound. I've had them with Davey. I knew what to look for. And I'm like, I know what I should be seeing right now. And there was no baby. And so she is like, I'm not seeing anything. And she's like, I mean, let me keep checking. And immediately I just knew. I'm like, this is such a nightmare. I'm like, I cannot believe this is happening to me. I cannot believe that this is like the worst trick in the entire world that for 12 weeks, you know, I have basically thought I was pregnant, but miscarried at some point very early and my body didn't get the memo. Like, how are you kidding me? So basically what happened is the best that they can predict, you know, um, with what happened with me after talking to my providers and stuff um, is, and I won't give all the technical names and everything like that, but they basically predicted somewhere around the five or six week mark. So very early still, my body miscarried the baby. um, And basically, sometimes when you miscarry early, I know it sounds weird, but sometimes your body can just reabsorb everything. um, And you don't even realize you miscarried, you know, until like later you get an ultrasound. Like it's really, really weird, but stuff like that happens. Um, And so they, uh, that's what they predicted that very early at some point my body miscarried, but basically the rest of my body didn't get the memo and my hormones continued on and they, it created the sac and everything else that normally goes with a pregnancy, everything else like that was on track. There was just no baby. And so, um, you know, if you've been through someone like this or you know something, one who's been through something like this, it'll make more sense. But basically that's what happened is that my body miscarried the baby early on, but continued on thinking that I was pregnant. So 
all of the symptoms, you know, all of the positive pregnancy tests. Like I, you know, when you're pregnant, you just like, like to see that positive. So I would take them here and there and they would just be like that super dark line. And I was like, great. My, you know, my hormones are going strong. The HCG levels are great. They're, you know, this is awesome. So to see on that ultrasound that there was no baby was shocking. And I just remember like crying, laying on that little hospital bed thingy, just crying. And Dave is in shock. I'm in shock. She gives us the ultrasound images to take because, you know, so we could show our midwife. And um, I immediately, that's the beautiful thing about midwives is they are so sweet and available if you get a good one. So I sent the pictures of the ultrasound to my midwife and then she called me right away and we talked about it and she explained the whole situation and she felt terrible and so sad and all of that. Um, and, you know, she sent me like information on exactly the name and what I had gone through. And she just went on to explain like, you know, there's two ways that this could go with the rest of this miscarriage. And she's like, your body could absorb everything and eventually your cycle will return and everything will go back to normal or you will go through like a full miscarriage. And um, even though the baby, you won't be miscarrying the baby, you'll be miscarrying everything else. And so it's still a lot to get rid of. And so she knew that I was supposed to be going to on a trip to Ukraine literally days later. And so she was just giving me just like all the facts and details about what could happen. And she was really not like discouraging me from going, but just like she knew that it could be really bad. Um, And so she basically was just saying like, okay, are you sure you want to go? Because if you miscarry like while you're on the airplane or whatever, like it could be really bad. And to be honest, I was just very naive because I had gone through one miscarriage. It was so early and it just mostly felt like a heavy period. It didn't feel bad that I just, I don't know. I just didn't assume that a miscarriage could be so dramatic and that there could be so much bleeding and that it could just be like, you know, if you're not in the comfort of your own home and in a space where you feel comfortable, it could be like a nightmare. I just didn't know. Um, And so she tried to prepare me and I just think I was naive and didn't understand what was about to happen. So the next day I celebrate my birthday and it's, I'm trying to, you know, celebrate that I have another year of life, but I'm just heartbroken. And now I'm just waiting, like waiting for my body to reset, waiting for my waiting for this, you know, inevitable thing to happen. It was just so weird and just like one of the strangest things and just like awful. Um, And such just felt like such a trick, you know, like why would, uh, it's just like, it's hard to explain. So, um, you know, Dave and I are both grieving and, you know, I'm talking to Alyssa and she's like, y'all really don't have to come. And I'm like, we've already paid like thousands of dollars at this point. Like, what are we going to do? Sit around here and just like cry all the time. Like maybe getting out and going on the trip and seeing y'all will be like a joy. So she's like, yeah, totally y'all can come, whatever. So long story short, because I don't need to get into all these details, you can actually go watch on my personal Instagram account at bethany.beal. I share some of this. I'll link my channel below. And then also just keep an eye on the our YouTube channel, Girl Defined, or Instagram account at Girl Defined, because um, I'm going to post a video with this story as well, just with like different details. Um, but basically, um, we fly to Ukraine. It's about 24 hours to get there. And the moment we land in Ukraine... And we are headed towards customs, which was a nightmare. Um, Basically, the miscarriage starts and the bleeding starts. And so I am standing in this stupid customs line. And it's really strict because of COVID and everything else. And 
I we have like issues trying to get through. It was very complicated, so it just takes extra long. And I am like, I am literally about to be like, there's about to be like blood all over the floor. This is going to be literally a disaster. I'm going to be like, everyone's going to think I'm dying if we can't get through and I can't get to a restroom because the part of the airport we were in, we were stuck in like these lines. And until you could get through customs, there were no more restrooms you could use because you couldn't go back through security towards the airport part and you just had to go forward. And so I can't get to a restroom. And I'm like, I am this is literally about to be a disaster. And so we finally get through and I go to the bathroom and it is just flooding. Um, It was so much bleeding and it was just like shocking amounts. Um, And I am like so emotional. I'm exhausted. We just traveled 24 hours with a toddler and now I'm going through this miscarriage. The moment I land in Ukraine, it literally was a nightmare. Like I this is the reason what happened in Ukraine with this miscarriage that I haven't been able to talk about my miscarriages because it was so traumatic and so like it literally was so traumatizing for me. Um, and when I think through it and when I think through the details, it's just so awful that like I was so emotionally wrecked after all of this that I just couldn't talk about it for so long because it was just miserable and so awful to think about. Sorry, I'm I'm taking my sips live on here because, you know, when you start crying and stuff, you get thirsty. Anyway, so long story short, um, we get to Andre and Alyssa's house and I'm like a wreck and they feel terrible and the bleeding stops a little bit. So basically, like when you go through a miscarriage, especially if you're further along, it can kind of be like a labor And so your body, it's contracting and then all the blood is coming out because it's trying to get rid of everything. But then you might have like a few hours where it stops contracting and you're just kind of at rest, but then it'll pick back up, contract again to get rid of everything. So I didn't understand how long this would go on. You know, I'm at this massive like time difference. So I'm texting with my midwife, um, just trying to make sure that I'm not like, you know, that the amount of bleeding is not unsafe. So she's explaining all that to me. And it's just so happened out of all the options of, you know, what could happen in a miscarriage that mine just happened to be like on the extreme side of things. Um, Like the extreme side of bleeding, the extreme side of like clumps of tissue, just like the extreme side of all of it. It was just awful. Um, And so I don't really understand all this because I had never been through it. So after the first big round of bleeding, things kind of eased up a little. And so I didn't, I thought maybe I was past like the worst of it. And so I'm like, okay, like they're still bleeding, but it seemed like it was past the worst of it. So at some point we go into downtown Kiev and we're like, you know, trying to enjoy, even though it's like I'm emotionally wrecked. I'm like, I'm trying to enjoy time with the family and Alyssa and all of that. Um, And while we're in the middle of downtown, I'm standing there and I'm like, I can just literally feel blood gushing out of my body. And I'm like standing there, I'm wearing a dress and I'm like, I am in the middle of downtown Kiev and I'm about to literally be bleeding everywhere all over this city. And so there's like, there aren't many like public restrooms. A lot of European countries don't have public restrooms. And so we run and we find this random bathroom, public bathroom, like I don't even know how we found it. It was a miracle because they don't really have them. And you have to like pay money to get through like this little turny thing to go in. And there's like a random lady sitting there. So I'm in this super scary public restroom where you can literally like see into the men's restroom and they can see into ours. And I'm behind this flimsy little door, literally just like gushing, gushing blood. And this may be way too much TMI for you, but it's just like I had to stay in that bathroom for like an hour or two just sitting on that toilet. And 
I'm sure the lady was wondering what in the heck was going on. Um, but I literally couldn't leave because if I left, it was just like, like I, it's like, it was just like, I couldn't even walk from the bathroom outside. Dave was waiting for me out there and he was like there for whatever I need. I couldn't even walk out there without there being blood like everywhere. And you may be thinking like, you need to get to a hospital. What in the world what was going on? But according to what I had talked to with my midwife and, um, you know, having known some of what others had gone through, um, it didn't seem like I was in a place of needing to be in a hospital. It just seemed like I was on the extreme end of what can happen with your body. And that may have been a result of traveling overseas and being like at such a weird altitude and all of that for so long. So, and all the stress of traveling just could have contributed to some of how extreme, the extreme way my body decided to respond. So after about two hours of being in this public restroom in downtown Kiev, just like crying, miserable, Dave can't even be with me in there because I'm literally in this one stall. Alyssa, she's literally like, I'm texting her and I'm like, I need like basically like depends like adult diapers even to get out of here so I can like catch an Uber and go back home. Like I like a pad, like nothing is working. Like it is just overflowing. This is like so much. And so she's like running all over, you know, and it's like, they don't, things are just different over there. She's still new. Like she hasn't lived there forever. So she doesn't speak the language. She's trying to figure it out. Finally, she's able to find some stuff for me. And we're like, okay, Dave and I, we just have to go back to the house. It's like an hour to the house though. So we have to, it's also crazy. We have to take an Uber to where we had left our car. I like the Metro. And then we have to take our car back to their house. So it's like just an hour driving just to even get back to their house. But I'm like, I can't be stuck in this restroom. Like I have to get back home. I've already been in here for two hours. Like I'm going to die. So Alyssa gets, scrounges up some supplies for me and brings them into me. I get like literally packed on with everything so that I'm not like bleeding in the streets. And we get in an Uber and he drives us to our car. And then Dave and I, Dave drives me back to Alyssa's house. And then it's like the process just continues and my body. I was in that Alyssa's bathroom for just hours and hours and hours. And the best way I can sp- explain it is like my body was basically going through like a mini labor, which sounds so weird because you, there wasn't a baby anymore, but all of the tissue, all of the everything, the sack, everything that had been building up all had to come out. And it just was so dramatic. Um, so I'm in Alyssa's, you know, bathroom downstairs and everyone knows what's going on. And I'm just like, I can literally not leave this bathroom. And it literally was like a mini labor of everything coming out. And it was very dramatic and very like shocking and scarring and traumatizing. But after that next round of bleeding, I feel like it um, eventually slowly started to go down from there. I felt miserable basically the entire time we were in Ukraine because I had these horrible headaches. I felt so sick just because my hormones were whacked. I was bleeding so much. I just felt terrible. And But I did not want to go to the hospital. I was like, I just cannot go to the hospital. I don't want to be in some random hospital with people I can't even speak the language to. Like This is awful. Like I do not want to do that. So I was in touch with my midwife and she was like, you know, basically giving me like, if you experience any of these things, you have to go to the hospital. Um, Like you can't wait, like you have to. But thankfully I didn't have any of the issues that she mentioned. Um, I never got any infection. I Nothing like that happened. And I'm just so grateful because that would have been like, ah. so that all happens. Um, The bleeding eventually stops, everything passes. And um, maybe like the last three or four days that we were in Ukraine, I was able to enjoy them a little bit, but it was a nightmare. And so after we got back, I remember Dave and I talking, like literally talking about how that was such a nightmare. And it was just like, yes, we loved seeing Alyssa and Andre, but 
how the whole trip was just literally so awful for us because of what we had been through. And we had no idea, though, that, um, you know, all the stuff that's happened with Ukraine, that Alyssa, my sister and her husband would have to flee Ukraine because of the war and that we potentially, you know, we don't know if we'll ever go back. And so um, as terrible as it was looking back now, you know, I don't think I would ever choose to go through that again in another country, but I'm grateful that I was able to see her house and able to see where she lived because I don't know if I'll ever be able to go back again, or at least in the next while, um, because everything's changed over there, sadly. So that's the silver lining is that I was able to see where she lives and I was able to, you know, be in her home and have that connection with them that, you know, I don't know if I'll ever get to do again. So that's the that's the beautiful part. But I wanted to tell you that even after all of that misery and trauma and just, I couldn't even hardly talk about it for so long because it just was like, just the thought of it made me so emotional. And I I will say that, and this may sound weird to some of you, but I mourned and grieved the loss of the baby. Um, and I I feel like I was able to fully mourn that. But the part that I just was so traumatized by was the way the whole miscarriage went down in Ukraine, just being stuck in that public restroom, the fear of like bleeding all over the streets, bleeding in the airport, just like how uncomfortable and unsettling and having no of my home comforts, having no like being stuck in a downtown, you know, Ukrainian restroom going through all this was just awful. So that part was just so hard to talk about for so long. And that's why I've waited so long to talk about this because this happened in September of 2021. Um, and I just never felt like I was emotionally ready to talk about it. So my midwife, when I got back, suggested like, hey, in a few months when your body really feel like it's healed, you know, let's get some blood work done and see where things are at because, you know, two back to back, like it could just be fluke situations, but let's just really check and see where you are. So I'm like, yeah, definitely. But I just didn't want to think about pregnancy. I didn't want to think about like taking steps forward. I just wanted everything to be okay. Um, I didn't want to have issues. I just wanted it to be a fluke back to back situation. And then I just wanted to move on get pregnant again one day and for it to all be okay. And that was my hope. And that was, you know, I wasn't bitter at God. I wasn't bitter, you know, that he let me get pregnant or anything like that. I I trusted that he is, and I still do trust that he is good and that he loves me and that even in the midst of all the heartbreak and sorrow and just physical pain, um, that God is my source of peace and comfort and that he cares for me and he loves me. Um, I think of the gospel, you know, like he sent his only son for, you know, John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Like Christ came for us and God knew he would have to suffer so much, but he knew that through it all, the world would have an opportunity to find redemption. And I, you know, the saving grace of in Christ and that we would have a chance to be restored in our relationship with God through Jesus. And so God didn't even spare his own son from suffering. Um, but God also knows that through suffering, we draw closer to him and we grow and there's more opportunity to know and depend on him. And so as hard as it is, I really do believe that anything that causes us to drop to our knees uh, in desperation and in um, just like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like, I need help. Anything that draws us to our knees and draws us closer to Jesus is a good thing. And so even though I don't want to go through these hard things, I believe that I'm closer in my relationship with Christ. Um, I 
I, I understand his comfort and his love towards me in new ways. Um, I'm able to encourage and love others who are going through similar things in ways I never could have before. My husband and I have grown so much closer through these hardships and trials. My gratitude has gone up so much. My, my gratitude of just, you know, like, wow, I have a husband. I have Davy. Like, I, I have these things. And instead of just wishing my life away and wishing for the future, like, I'm going to enjoy the gifts that God has given me and I'm going to appreciate and choose gratitude every single day because there's just no guarantees that, you know, I'll have another one or that I'll even have them another day. And so for me, um, choosing to be grateful, choosing to, um, choosing to, uh, just enjoy what God has given me has become a huge part of my life. And so I just want to encourage you to do the same. And if you want a deeper dive on how to do that, how to, if you're like, wow, I would never respond to a trial like that. Like my relationship with Christ is not that way. I would get bitter. I would get upset. Then I encourage you to read Not Part of the Plan, Trusting God with the Twists and Turns of Your Story, because that book the messages and the truths we shared are literally what has been the anchor and the foundation. So I have not become bitter, but I truly have grown closer to Christ as a result of my trials. I love him more. Um, and I, you know, have grown closer to my husband, have grown closer to my son, and I feel more gratitude to God than I have before. And that's because of, um, the truths we share and not part of the plan. So grab a copy at girldefined.com slash trust. So, um, <coughs> sorry, also a little cough. Um, so, after all that happens, we're getting to the point where we probably should start pursuing blood work to see what's going on. But in the meantime, I get another positive pregnancy test. And now this is into 2022. So this was in February of this year. So not that long ago, I get another positive pregnancy test. And I will say that I was extremely hesitant to celebrate. Yes, I there's nothing that takes away the joy of seeing those double lines, but I was still very, very, very hesitant. Um, I didn't want to get super excited. I just knew like, wow, we've gone through this twice. I'm not going to get my hopes up. And even if you know, things seem well, like I'm getting an early ultrasound. Um, I am getting early care because I can't get my hopes up only to find out at 12 weeks that, you know, or this is not happening. So I was like, we're not celebrating anything until I have some answers. Well, sadly, that um, pregnancy ended again very quickly. Um, you know, it was a very early loss. Um, and even though it was very, very early, it was devastating. And I think the part that was so devastating for me was realizing that we've now gone through this three times and those weren't just like fluke back-to-back instances, like something is wrong, something's off, and now we have to pursue like uh, healing and answers because this just isn't happening. And so I think that part was just really hard, that realization that, wow, we are part of the 1% statistic of people who go through three miscarriages in a row. And, and like, I didn't want to be a part of that statistic and I didn't want that to be my story. And so realizing that that was my story and that's where we were, was super, like, depressing to me. And I just hated that. I hated that, you know, that we have now gone through three back to back to back to back. I didn't want it. I just, I still don't want it. And so, we scheduled um, a doctor's appointment right away with a great doctor that Kristen had recommended, and um, I was grateful for her recommendation and just some guidance with that. And that's where we are now. Um, that takes you up to the present day. We basically saw a doctor and she ordered, we basically told her like, yeah, we want to get to the bottom of this and we want answers and we're willing to, you know, like fast track this <laughs> to get to where we need to go. And so 
she ordered me like 16 different lap blood draws all the things y'all so if you're like oh try this try this we are doing all the things i have had so much blood drawn <laughs> um but as I'm sharing this podcast, I'm in the in-between of getting all my blood drawn and not seeing my doctor yet. So I have an appointment coming up very shortly and I'll get, we'll unpack all of the, all of the blood work that was drawn. And if we get any answers, we'll take those steps. But if not, we'll just take it to the next level. On my next visit, um, I will get a, you know, detailed, um, ultrasound of my uterus and we'll just start taking steps from there. You know, you just, it's like a whole process and you go start with step one and you work all the way through. If you don't find answers and hopefully you find answers, sometimes you don't, but that's the hope. And so the place that I'm in right now is, um, like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to have to be seeing a doctor. I don't want to have to be in the situation that we're in, but I also don't want to be naive and assume that we can get pregnant again and it'll just be all okay because we've done that three times. Obviously God can do anything, but He's also given us wisdom. He's also given us uh, medical knowledge and wisdom to be able to help ourselves, and I want to take advantage of that. Um, so I am seeing a NAPRO certified doctor. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but it's basically N-A-P-R-O. And I would really encourage you, if you have any issues with fertility or um, anything like that, or you are, you know, haven't been able to get pregnant, I would um, just look up you know, NAPRO certified OB in your area. And if you can't find one in your area, you can talk to someone virtually, but they're just incredible, incredible doctors who really get to the root of your um, issue. And they don't, they just have, they're very proactive and very, um, they're just amazing. So I really, really recommend a NAPRO certified OB if you can find one. Um, and so that's where we are. I am, you know, taking all the natural things. Um, I've talked to so many friends who have gone through miscarriages and they've recommended all the things and I am doing all of it. Um, in the meantime, I'm also working on my health. I'm working with um, a lady named Whitney from a, uh, basically like a nutritional therapist. So I'm also working on my health. Um, I've done like a whole hair analysis mineral test. Um, so I'm working on taking specific supplements and just healing my just mineral levels and healing from the inside out. So Restored Nutrition um, is her name. You can look her up on Instagram at, I think, Restored underscore Nutrition. Her name's Whitney. You'll find her. These None of this is sponsored. I'm just telling you what I'm going through so that hopefully it helps you practically. I'm also using, um, in conjunction with my doctor, I'm I'm using a lab company called Grassroots Lab, Grassroot Labs or Grassroot Labs, something like that. And basically, it's just a way to order labs way cheaper because labs, all of the labs that I need to be to have drawn are so expensive. And 90% of the time, fertility stuff is not covered even under insurance. So even though we have great insurance, it's just most of the time it's not covered when it comes to fertility stuff. So that has been a huge blessing. That's something Kristen told me about because she's had to have so much blood drawn with all her fertility stuff. And so Grassroot Labs um, has saved us tons of money. Again, none of this is sponsored, but I just want to share it with you. So to sum it up, I'm seeing a NAPRO, N-A-P-R-O certified OB. Um, I am working with Whitney from Restored Nutrition, and I'm using Grassroot Labs as my lab company to um, get all my labs done after my doctor orders them. I basically go up and get them ordered through Grassroot Labs to save me thousands of dollars. So that's those are all blessings, having all those answers. Um, but I will keep you all posted. I'll do a part two whenever I find out um, what's happening next. Um, I'll see my doctor in a few weeks here, and hopefully we'll get some answers. Um, 
But yeah, that brings you up literally to the present moment. I literally am in between doctor visits. I got my blood drawn and now I'm waiting for answers. Um, But I will tell you, like, I'm not despairing. I do not want to be in this position, but I don't despair and I haven't given up all hope. Um, Even if Dave and I are never able to have another biological child, I know that God has a good plan for me. I know he's given me my husband and my son for a reason. Um, And he has given me today. And I'm going to rejoice in today while also mourning what I've lost um, and, you know, not (laughs) loving every second of where I am, but also trying to find ways to celebrate and rejoice um, with what God has given me right now. And um, I hope to use my story of where I am right now to encourage other women not to run away from Christ when they're going through hard things, but to run to Him, because ultimately, that's where hope and healing and peace is found. Um, don't blame God for your problems. He is not, you know, He is not, like, He created a perfect world, and He wanted us to have a perfect relationship with Him, but humans, we are the ones that have sinned and rejected Him, and God is working to make all things new. That's why He sent Jesus. Um, one day, every tear will be wiped away, and one day we will be in a new earth, a new heavens and a new earth, and we'll be in perfect relationship with Christ. And there will be that perfect garden again, and we will, we won't have to go through this anymore. But we're in a fallen world right now. We're in between, you know, we're not, this is not the way God originally intended. So have hope knowing that one day you will be in eternity with Him. And for now, cling to him. Know that he is your strength. You cannot have hope and peace and a future without him. And, you know, these things can destroy relationships. These things can pull marriages apart if you don't both lean on Christ. And I'm telling you, Dave and I, as hard as this has been, we've gotten closer because of this. Um, One more thing I forgot to share that I'm doing right now. I'm actually seeing a counselor. So I'm also seeing a biblical counselor. I'm using biblicalcounseling.org or .com. Um, Biblicalcounseling.org. Dot com or dot org, I don't know, or on Instagram at biblical counseling. And so I found a counselor in my area. I've seen her um, over the past eight or 10 weeks now. Uh, and we've just been talking all about life and growing and dealing with my issues. And sorry, I have such a stuffy nose now. And that spiritual help um, working through my issues, working through just like growing in my relationship with God, um, having to be assigned such great homework and reading and scripture has been huge. So that I would encourage you if you're going through something hard, um, if you are dealing with loss, if you are dealing with like marriage issues because of hardship, whatever, um, go to the biblical counseling website, biblical counseling on Instagram at biblical counseling. And I think it's biblicalcounseling.org or .com. Um, there are many counselors who are free. So actually the counselor that I'm seeing is a hundred percent free. My sister Rebecca has talked about how she's doing counseling too, to deal with a lot of like the anxiety and worry that she struggles with. And she is seeing a free counselor as well. She's actually seeing an amazing couple and the husband is a doctor and he's just incredible and she's found so much hope through that. I know not every counselor is free, but you can find one in your area that is. Um, and that's been huge. I also have a great mentor and just incredible friends who have been willing to grieve and mourn and encourage me along the way. So um, I encourage you to be open with few wise, godly, loving friends to encourage you in the process. You don't have to share with the whole world right away. If you're on social media like me, you know, I chose to wait about a year and didn't expect that the issues would continue to grow and grow and grow, but they have. Um, But I'm still, you know, I'm, I feel emotionally ready to share. So I'm going to come back and do a part two at some point. I feel like that is, um, that is um, enough for now. Uh, But yeah, so that's where we are. And um, I just want to encourage you to take those steps of 
growing in your relationship with Christ, like I said, girldefined.com slash trust, um, because those are all the truths that have helped me through this whole process. Grab a copy of Not Part of the Plan, Trusting God with the Twists and Turns of Your Story, because if you're not in in a trial, I promise you that they come. They come, so be prepared. Um, If you like this episode and you just like the open honest parts of it, please leave a five-star review because I know there are so many women who need encouragement like this. Um, and I know this would just be a blessing to them. I I just appreciate you guys being here for this journey with me. I appreciate your prayers and your support, and I'll share more again soon.